two healing stories uh, today in our Gospel readings, one of which is rather troubling when we have Jesus uh, telling, well, calling the Syrophoenician woman a dog, um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and that's rather less cordial than we generally like to imagine, imagine Jesus being. Why would he, if he's going to heal her daughter anyway, why would he call her a dog? Why would he be so rude to someone if he's supposed to be loving and caring and giving? Uh, short answer is we don't know. Uh, we can speculate, and I'm going to a little bit. But we don't exactly know why uh, he called this woman a dog and why he was so rude, even mean to her, before agreeing to heal her daughter. But looking at these two readings, and, um, and, and the, the reading from James and, and Proverbs, there are three main points that I can see for our, for our lessons today. These are first that through these healings we learn something about who Jesus is, through this, we, we learn also something about the meaning of faith and the nature of faith. And then finally, we learn something about the nature of freedom. So first, looking at who Jesus is. Um, Jesus' goal, it seems, even in his healings, was to orient people towards God. He constantly, uh, he told people, don't tell about this. And he told his disciples in the beginning of Mark's gospel, he told his disciples, let us go on to the next town so that I may proclaim the good news of God's kingdom because that's what I have come here to do. And then we hear a story right next to that about someone going off and telling everybody about the healing that had happened so Jesus couldn't openly enter a town. And so it seemed like he was trying to keep this, keep this healing under wraps a little bit so that he'd be able to proclaim the message of uh, God's kingdom and to orient people towards God. We see possibly a hint of this in the healing of the deaf man. I, uh, if Jesus could simply say, be opened, and the man was able to hear again, then why go through this whole touching his tongue and touching his ears? I read an explanation, possible explanation, that he was letting the, no- the man know what was about to happen. And then he looks up to heaven as if to say, here's where your healing is coming from. So even in healing this deaf man, by first touching his ears and touching his tongue, he was letting him know from where his healing came, what was about to happen, and that that way he could orient this man towards God, rather than just see Jesus as some great healer and want to bring all of his sick friends to him. But rather, there was the, the other point behind that. Perhaps something like this was going on with the Syrophoenician woman as well. Perhaps Jesus was trying to tell her something of who he was, that he was here for the children of Israel. Um, now that's adding to the story. But perhaps there was something going on um, of trying to orient her towards God rather than simply just say, okay, sure, be healed. Um, but she shows the humility, she shows that she still has faith in his ability to heal, and therefore he agrees to heal her. He simply speaks the word, go home, your daughter's fine, and she was well. So perhaps we're seeing something of um, Jesus' nature in, in his rudeness of trying to orient people towards God. Perhaps we're seeing something of his human nature that he... He knew he was here for the people of Israel. So he was trying not to waste the message on others. Maybe he was learning in this instance. We don't know.
But what we do know is that he did heal her daughter. And he did so merely by speaking the words. So what we see about Jesus in, what we clearly see about Jesus in these two healings, is the fact that he can heal simply by speaking. He doesn't need to do anything else. Whatever Jesus says happens. And that's exactly what we know about God in creation. God spoke and it happened. Let there be light. And there was light. Jesus said, be opened. And his mouth was open and his ears were open. Your daughter is healed and it was so. And so we understand in these healings something of Jesus that what he, he has the power of God in that his speech, his words, create and happen just as God's do. So we see that we see who God is lived out in the person of Jesus. Jesus was the living embodiment of God. Reading the Hebrew Scriptures and reading about what God was like, then the Jewish people got to see exactly what God was like in the human person of Jesus. Jesus' actions revealed who He was, they also defined who he was. Let's say for the sake of argument that Jesus had believed everything the scriptures say about God. Let's say that Jesus had taught everything that the New Testament says Jesus taught. And let's say that Jesus had had faith and believed in God. But let's also say that Jesus had never acted on his faith. For the sake of argument, let's say Jesus had never healed anyone, that he had never calmed any storms, that he had never performed any miracles, but that Jesus had simply talked and believed. He had taught and believed and that was it, but didn't act on his faith. Well, if that were the case, then Jesus would not have been God. God acts and does. God does not just speak and have His words be heard and then nothing more happens. God's word acts and does what God intends. God speaks and it is so. If Jesus didn't act and His speech didn't make things happen, then Jesus would have been someone else. He would have been a wise person, maybe, with His teachings, but He certainly would not have been God. So Jesus' actions not only reveal who he was, but they define who he was. For us, the same is true as we see in the the readings from James, as we see in our humanity. Jesus' actions revealed who he was, so do our actions reveal who we are. James tells us that faith without works is dead. He begins our reading today by saying, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? Or he asks that if we show favoritism to people, do we really believe in Christ? According to James, if our actions don't match the faith that we hold, our beliefs, then we don't really even have faith. We have some thoughts and some beliefs, but our actions show who we are. Now, in um, the Protestant Reformation, they really didn't like the book of James all that much. Because there was the argument between faith versus works. Are we saved by our faith, or are we saved by the things that we do? And there were some abuses going on 
in the church and it became silly works really I'll say um, not what Jesus was talking about or taught but if you, you know, if you do enough little religious acts then you'll be saved or you can buy buy your way to salvation basically and so because of these abuses they end up with this battle cry in the Protestant Reformation that we are saved by faith alone apart from any works but you can't you sort of got to disregard James if you're going to say that because faith without works is dead we can believe whatever we want to say we believe but if we don't act on those beliefs well then do we really believe it? if I say I love someone but I never speak to them I treat them horribly do I really love them? no my actions define who I am my actions define what I actually believe our faith without our works is dead Jesus showed us who he was by his actions as well as through his faith we reveal who we truly are what we truly believe by our actions as well as by our faith now another the third point that I said that these, these readings reveal is the I would not is the idea of freedom another thing with which the church has struggled over the centuries is are we free or are we not is faith a gift of God or is it something we do and the questions were leading to questions of salvation does God save us or do we save ourselves by our faith to that I would say yes God saves us and we have a hand in our salvation by what we do if God if, if our hands are completely tied if we have no choice but to believe if we have no choice but to do good works in Christ's name well then the scriptures today don't make sense James certainly doesn't make sense I would say even Jesus doesn't make sense when we saw Jesus or heard, heard the words that he said in asking this woman is it fair to give the children's food to the dogs well I see that as an act of freedom on Jesus' part his mission was to the people of Israel not to the Gentiles not yet the mission to the Gentiles didn't really start until the Holy Spirit came until after Jesus' death and resurrection so Jesus was going to the Gentile regions he was up in Tyre it was north of Israel and then he went to the Decapolis east of Israel it's almost like he was going on a vacation maybe trying to get away for a little while but people still came and wanted to be healed by him Jesus if he was following strictly the mission that he was given to come for the lost sheep of Israel well then it seems logical enough that he could have completely ignored this woman so you're not a part of Israel I don't have to heal you but Jesus had the freedom to choose to heal this woman anyway Jesus had the freedom to choose to heal this man anyway even though that was not a part of his mission yet it was going to be it wasn't yet we have freedom as well we have freedom to love God to love our neighbors we have freedom not to love God and not to love our neighbors we have freedom to have faith and choose to have faith we have freedom to act on that faith and we have freedom not to because if we don't have this freedom 
then neither do we have love. I cannot love someone if I have no choice but to love them. It's not real love. It's just being a robot, really. God gave us a gift in giving us freedom. Now, the flip side is we also have the choice to do really horrible things to one another. And we all know terrible things, but we do terrible things to one another. But that's not because God made someone do it. Or God made someone and you're going to be a bad person. We've been given a choice. We've been given freedom so that we can truly love one another. So that we can live out this faith that God has given us. And doing so is a part of the gift that God has given us. The gift of seeing Christ, of knowing Christ, and seeing who He is by revealed by His actions, by His words, by His faith. And seeing God embodied in a human person was a wonderful gift that God has given us. Giving us the gift to have faith in Jesus, to believe in who He was, to believe in God, to search after God, and also to be able to live out that faith, to be able to choose to live out that faith in our actions is a gift of God. And the freedom to make that choice is a gift from God. I had a, I, I'm going to end with a story from this morning. Um, as many of y'all may know, I tend to put things off, and with sermons, I tend to write out the actual text either the night before or the morning of. It just seems that it kind of works out that way. Well, I was here this morning and heard what sounded like crying from outside, went to check couldn't find, kept hearing it, went to check, and there was a woman who was crying outside over, um, just outside Russell Hall there. And I kept thinking, and she said, no, don't leave me alone, I'm fine. Went back upstairs, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to get these words written out in the sermon. I'm thinking, faith without works is dead. Now, how in the world can I preach that if I sit up here while this woman's crying? So, went outside, we talked for a while, finally got her home, and... Hopefully she'll be okay. She has a lot going on. And I ask for your prayers for Gina. What's her name? Is her name. I ask your prayers for her. But the gift that God gave me this morning was the gift, one, of the example of Christ, of seeing who God really is. Then the gift of faith in Christ, that I can choose to follow Him choose to live this life and the gift of being able to live out that faith and being able to talk to this woman for a little while may not have done any good hope it did but that was a gift that I was given in being able to do that in being able to live out our, live out my faith and the gift that we are all given we, we talk sometimes of Christianity being a burden And in many ways it is. I mean, it's a tough life to choose to live a life of service for others. But it's a burden that's also a gift. The gift of faith, the gift of works, the gift of, of a God who would become human that we might know and understand all of these things. Amen.